Welcome to Humanity's Moment of Choice on Voice America, a series created with global leaders from the Evolutionary Leaders Circle. This is your Voice America host, Dr. Kurt Johnson. This is the third special program in our series, and it's entitled Humanity's Moment of Choice, Choosing Peace. The program follows on Humanity's Moment of Choice, Choosing Earth, and Humanity's Moment of Choice, Voices for a Thriving Future, which are available 24-7 now at the same Voice America show page where you have joined us today. So be sure and enjoy these programs with such leaders and luminaries as Deepak Chopra, David Corton, Dwayne Elgin, Jude Curavan, Eben Alexander, John Perkins, and many more. This Choosing Peace Voice America special is offered from the Unity and Peace and Unity of Justice and Global Security Synergy Circles of the Evolutionary Leaders. Circles that bring together global thought leaders for engagement and impact. So to move right away to the two half hours of this program, I'm joined now by the Reverend Deborah Moldau, Director of the Evolutionary Leaders, who will tell us a bit about the evolutionary leaders, who they are, and what they do. And then I'll ask her further about the importance of the themes in this program, especially as backgrounded in her own decades of work around the world, especially in the United Nations community for the World Peace Prayer Society. So over now to the Reverend Deborah Moldau. Thank you so much, Kurt. The Evolutionary Leaders Circle is a community of visionaries who come together to support and serve the conscious evolution of humanity in these critical times. It's been very exciting to see members of the Evolutionary Leaders Circle coming together into action areas of common interest, which we call synergy circles. And you have done an outstanding job coordinating these synergy circles and even finding the synergies among them. A perfect example of that is the two synergy circles focused on peace, whose members are featured in today's program. And really, what could be more important than peace in today's world? Just when we were starting to think that humanity had finally begun to realize that war is obsolete, war has broken out again, and the horrors are shocking us to the core. What will it take to choose peace in our own hearts and around the world? I look forward to hearing from today's speakers, many of whom are members of the Evolutionary Leaders Circle. Clearly, a key we will hear about from them is unity. From the Unity and Peace Synergy Circle, forging the way to peace through unity, and from a synergy circle based on the profound concept of unitive justice as a path to global security. We so need their wisdom to guide us on the pathways to peace. Well, thank you so much, the Reverend Deborah Moldau, Director of the Evolutionary Leaders Circle, for joining us. So let's go over now to the two parts of our program, Choosing Peace. The first half hour will be with Ben Bowler, John Raymer, Dot Maver, Irina Morrison, and Becky Suzik, who come to us from this year's annual celebrations of the World Unity Week, 
peace through unity. A week of programs and events online and worldwide in association with the SIGN Network, that's S-I-N-E, which programs are all about peace in all of the dimensions that we've just talked about. So we're gonna go over now to Ben Bowler hosting his amazing team from World Unity Week, the 99 Days of Peace Through Unity, and with John Raymer of the SIGN Network, about which they can say much more than I. And Ben also happens to be a founder of the Convergence Series here on Voice America. He'll be introducing his guests as this half hour unfolds. So over now to Ben Bowler of Unity Earth and the World Unity Week. Well, thank you, Dr. Kurt Johnson. Uh, what a great honor it is to be back here on the Convergence Radio Show. This long running show now in its seventh season uh, has been an instrumental instigator for so much that's happened over these last seven years, the road to 2020 uh, and all that's happened since. It's a real honor, Kurt, to be back on the show as part of this Evolutionary Leaders series, um, Humanity's Moment of Choice, and particularly this episode of Choosing Peace. I am so delighted to be here with other members of the Unity and Peace Synergy Circle, um, Brother John Raymer, Dot Maver, Irina Morrison, Becky Suzik, and we have got so much to share as we look ahead to the impending day one of World Unity Week, just in a few days' time uh, on June 18th. And this will be the third World Unity Week uh, annual that we're running and uh, coming together in such incredible ways. And of course, this year it's launching the 99 days of peace through unity and we're going to be hearing a little bit from dot about the inspiration and the incredible gift uh, that avon madison and other peace builders have left for us with this 99 days of peace through unity all culminating towards peace week 2022 this incredible build-up to what we can do together uh, at a at planet wide in September 2022, as we come together to celebrate the 40th anniversary of the first celebration of the International uh, Day of Peace, um, which the first celebration being in 1982. So these 99 Days of Peace through Unity are a long arc to help uh, really coordinate all that's in the field and orientate so many groups and individuals and organizations that want to come together, that want to synergize. Uh, and that want to see what we can do to become this sphere of influence in a world that's crying out for peace, that's crying out for how do we unify and can we unify. And this, all of this incredible work is coming together, launching in World Unity Week in just a few days' time. And of course, it all comes back to our choice, our choice of how do we do this? How do we overcome the obstacles that are, that are challenging us from finding ways to come together as a people, as a planet, intercultural, intergenerational, interspiritual, interfaith, interracial, across all of these challenges? Um, there are so many choices to be made. And what we are finding is that the vast amount of people are ready to make that incredible commitment and devotion to make the choice for unity and for Peace. So that's why we're so excited to be here on Choosing Peace. Uh, and without further ado, uh, Dot Maver, 
Uh, you were so uh, intimate with Avon Madison, and, and it's amazing how many people were so influenced by her over the decades and her incredible life and work. But we're really honored to have you, Dot, with us on this episode of The Convergence to talk into your beloved friend's vision and even more than that, the incredible gift that Avon has left behind for all of us. Dot Maver. Mm, thank you, Ben. Good to be with everyone in this sacred circle. Peace and unity, peace through unity is the theme. You know, it, it, there's an extraordinary invitation to all of us at this moment in time. And we get to play a role as we come together in this quantum leap in the evolution of consciousness. And Avon spoke to that beautifully. In fact, as we are well aware, it was just a week before she withdrew from this side and passed to the other side of the veil that she offered a message in the Unity Earth room that we come to every Wednesday together. And it was profound. And it left us with this sense of inspiration and wanting to unify, to come to a point of global coherence where we unite our hearts across distance and, and we ask the question, what is our potential if we actually come together around, from around the world with all our unique gifts and contributions and in a moment of coherence like never before, we apply ourselves beginning with World Unity Week, through this 99-day arc that you just spoke of, Ben, all the way to Peace Week in September. So we're talking June through to September. And so imagine, imagine the power of our collective intention and action. And even through her work, her entire life, she knew from the time she was a child that she was tasked with helping to bring peace through unity into reality. And that's, that is what we're doing as a global community right now. We are saying yes, and we are doing that toward a thriving world for all of life. And so the fa there are seven foundations that are offered uh, through a system called eco-governance that we are naming as themes. So peace through unity is the overall theme for the 99 days and day one of World Unity Week. And then we will lean into earth and water and fire and air and climate and biodiversity and the web of life itself and imagine just imagine bringing all of our resources together. And Avon would say, we are a pathway of peace. Peace, living in right relationship with self, others, and all life. So yeah, let us come together and realize what that actually looks like as we take some very concrete steps together through our sharings, through our work that's already going on all around the world, knowing that the power of our collective and intention and action is absolutely unlimited. 
So it's very exciting, beginning with World Unity Week, coming right up, as you say, Ben, arcing through the 99 days, which will include 11 days of global unity in September, which will include uh, the Hiroshima-Nagasaki events in August, and so much more, and so much more. And then the realization, what will that be? That's exciting to think about in September from the 17th to the 24th closing out with the One Planet Peace Forum and including, as you say, the International Day of Peace. And some of that will be broadcast from Oswiecin Auschwitz in Poland, where there is a house of hope and where we are all already coming together around so many, so many initiatives around the world. So with that, yeah, thanks, Ben, and thanks for giving the opportunity to speak just a bit about our dear sister, Avon, as her legacy lives on, and it is our legacy, it is humanity's legacy, and as we shift from human-centered to eco-centered in our consciousness on this planet, yeah, may peace prevail on Earth. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much, Dot. What a what a rich, uh, incredible field it is. It is exciting, and you know, even said, uh, an opportunity comes along that if it's missed, it's missed for a very long time. This was part of her last speech that you referenced, and it's something we think about a lot. And so, whatever we need to do to not miss the opportunity that is here, that is afforded to us right now, with uh, the 99 days of peace for unity and the build-up to Peace Week 2022, to show up in ways that really have no upper limit to what can be achieved when we are operating in flow and with strong intentions, making good decisions. But again, there's the moment of choice. There's an opportunity, but there's no guarantee that we're going to take it. It's it's a choice. And I think that's a really powerful, powerful message. Thank you. And a, a huge part of what's emerging now is this uh, right relations with all of life that you mentioned, Dodd. And someone who carries that very dear to their heart is uh, a beloved sister who's been on the journey of Unity Earth with me and many others for five years and more and has been an instrumental leader in everything that's taken place uh, with the emergence of Unity Earth. And that is Arena Morrison. Arena, welcome to the Convergence Radio Show. Thank you so much, Ben. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here in such a wonderful company and to actually discuss such an important subject and theme um, of current times. So when I think about peace and unity, I think of nature and laws of nature. Um, I think we can all agree that you cannot feel more peaceful anywhere else but in nature. And it's also the best place to soak in that deeper wisdom. Uh, when I then look at the human collective, um, I, I think it's fair to say there are many levels of wisdom, the, our existential wis wisdom, who we are, where do we come from, why are we here, how we survive and so on. Um, then we have that collective wisdom, the society and the power structures, the environment, um, our family, social circles, and so on. Um, but then there's a deeper awareness, the wisdom that comes from within um, our inner world, wisdom that can only be accessed through the heart's intelligence, and this is the wisdom that opens up our true essence, the essence that it's in direct connection with natural world and natural laws. 
it's um, becoming more and more obvious that we are part of the ecosystem and not above it. Um, human society is based on the system of hierarchy where nature and laws of nature are based on a system perhaps um, most closely described as synarchy, um, joint rule or harmonious rule like bee colony or ant colony. Um, they're operating automatically upon nature and impulse, however, through unity and harmony. Um, everything or everyone has their role and everyone knows what they have to do to achieve a common goal. There's no competition. And perhaps fair to say there's hardly ever any arguments, right? Um, this occurs when um, there's a field of um, such coherence and a mutual understanding where all are working for the good of the whole. Um, synarchy within human collective should really have similar principles, um, except with complete awareness and consciousness because we have that ability, which is um, infinite. As we move towards um, oneness and align with the yin energy of the planet, the feminine and the energy of creation, um, everything has a voice and purpose here. We communicate with all of life and all of creation. And I think um, that alone brings a sense of wholeness, a unity and peace within self and therefore unity and peace with ultimate reality. Um, therefore, the human of the, sorry, the heart of a human and the heart of the world become a single heart, which is limitless. Limitless in unity, limitless in peace, limitless in harmony, just like nature. When you step outside and um, look around the mountains, sky, forests, ocean, canyons. Everything is so vast. It has no end. And um, I often think it is there to remind us that we are also infinite. So every time I look at the horizon, I like to remember my own infinity. And um, that also reminds me that nature is calling us to remember who we are individually and collectively, to remember the synarchy within that web of life, which we are part of and not above it. This call to remember who we are can come in many forms, through the land, through ancestors, uh, from nature elements, um, and also from the depth of our soul. The collective heart, the human heart, therefore nature's heart. Um, I, I, I think that by now at this point in time, we're realizing that our disconnect from natural world has made us disconnected from ourselves and disconnected from each other. But this call to remember is becoming louder and louder every day. Um, I think we are witnessing it on a massive scale in recent times. There are so many movements that we are working 
um, to reconnect with natural world, whether it be through sustainability, food, animals, permaculture, nature spirits, and so on. Um, and World Unity Week is a perfect example uh, from World Unity Week one, when we had strong Indigenous presence, and we still do, with, uh, through ceremonies and prayers and um, Indigenous representatives. But I feel that we also witnessed, um, even last year at World Unity Week number two, an increase in presentations and events that had a strong nature theme. Um, this year, World Unity Week number three is um, even stronger. It's um, pretty much fully inclusive into coming home together theme. We're coming home together with nature and to nature and not separate from it. So I'm, I'm really excited about this and I, I'm so looking forward to um, see all the events and presentations with a strong nature theme um, and, and also um, call out there for anyone who um, has this strong remembrance call, um, please come on board. Um, you can join us as a presenter or event host um, or um, you can really just sign up to be a part of, um, of, of the ever-growing audience. Mm, magnificent, Arena. Thank you. Thank you. Beautifully laid out and very, very eloquently spoken. Um, and that's right. There's so much that is, you talk about remember. I think that's a really important feeling about what's happening, uh, which is so strong this year with the, with the releasing of eco-governance, which is, uh, is forming such an important part of the field for World Unity Week and beyond the listening field, connecting to the nature elders. Uh, there is just such a powerful way that nature itself is showing up and this, um, this beautiful invitation to, to remember our place in nature so beautifully expressed and coming home together. Uh, has such powerful and deep resonance uh, in so many spaces uh, and, and very much so uh, with this remembering our connection to nature, as nature, in nature, with nature. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Arena. Uh, now on to someone who has been a giant of World Unity Week and the other online convergences. Isn't it interesting that word that has persisted through the years, starting with this radio show and in uh, many of the meetings we've had from Delhi to Toronto, from Jerusalem to Melbourne to from New York uh, and, and different parts of the world. Um, and now with these online convergences hosted by Sign Network and partners and someone who's been uh, an integral leader and a giant of creating those is Becky Suzik. So Becky, it is absolutely a delight to have you with us uh, as part of the Unity and Peace Synergy Circle today. Oh, thank you so much, Ben. Oh, my goodness. I'm just so inspired listening to each of you reflect on this incredible journey that we are taking together towards creating, co-creating peace on earth. And so I'm so grateful for this opportunity to reflect a little bit on my own journey and resonance with the words World Unity Week. And I'll say those again for those of you who may be hearing those words for the maybe the first time in this um, in this offering. World Unity Week. And before I say what that means to me, I just would like to posit a question to our listeners that 
What would those words mean to you if you could come to a place where you could gather in that name of world unity? What, what would you experience? What could you contribute? What would you want to say? What would you want to feel? And so I, I pose that question to you all while sharing my own journey being called into those words was the curiosity factor. I heard those words, I had an email, and I don't even know where the email came from. I thought, what on earth is that? And I had to know more about it. And at the point that I'd heard of it, it was two years ago for the first World Unity Week, it was an invitation to offer a presentation. And in my work, I, I'd come really done so much work um, in my immediate community here in North Carolina, I felt like, hmm, okay, I want to step forward and, and contribute something to this World Unity Week and started feeling and thinking, what is mine to, to, to talk about? But as I got more involved and understood what a convergence is, that was not a new word to me, but in the context as we were going into the pandemic, to converge became this incredible verb to me, to convene, to gather with people. I started to drop what was mine to, to offer in terms of what I thought about in my own reflections and started to feel into, oh, I got called here because I need to shift from what I thought, I thought this was an original thought of mine, to shift from me to we. And then I suddenly heard, met Rick Ulfick, who was talking about me to we. And I had this epiphany that I realized I had found all these people who were resonating with me in such coherence about what is possible to have a new story that we were building together. And I started to see that there were, were things that I could bring to support this infrastructure that we were building globally with hundreds of organizations that could create this scaffolding that my brother John Raymer talks about that other people would feel invited and supported so that they could fly their flags, they could share their stories, and the diversity of healing solutions, the diversity of healing prayers, interfaith perspectives, indigenous perspectives, all of these different voices, elder voices, younger voices, all coming and blending. I was just so inspired and shifted from what's in this for me to what is here for me to give? What is mine to, to give to this collective? And here we are two years later, I continue to hold that question and be inspired by so many people that have come forth for 2022's World Unity Week and cannot wait until June 18th when we begin and encourage all of you that if those words sound like a, a clarion call to you to please register at worldunityweek.org where we'll send you some, some invitations in your inbox and help you find your way into World Unity Week so that you can join us in all these different Zoom rooms that are gathering to create this new experience in media where you can have a healing experience where you can listen to people's stories from people that you've never heard from before and connect and discover more ways that your gifts can be of offer in our collective through the use pen, up through the um, unity peace synergy circle or through world unity week and beyond so i'm really grateful to reflect that story and as dot was talking 
when she talked about shifting from human-centered to eco-centered, I thought about, for me personally, it was to go from ego-centered to we-go-centered. <laughs> that we could, we, we, we go, we go together here for World Unity Week. So thank you so much for inviting me to share my heart, Brother Ben. Oh, so beautiful. What a touching, powerful, potent story and sharing, Becky. Thank you. Thank you so deeply, uh, sister, for that. It's amazing. You're amazing. You do such incredible service for so many in this we go space. And, uh, and you're a blessing to so many people, Becky, as we and as we come home together and we're leaning in. And as Sister Jenna said in last month's May Assembly, um, everyone's invited to push a little more to give a little more, to do a little more. We have agency and it takes effort and it takes choice uh, and it takes commitment for us to really get the we going. So uh, thank you, Becky, for that beautiful and powerful, powerful sharing. That word keeps coming up, convergence. You know, I think the ultimately part of the, the inspiration goes back to the way the word, word was used by the French paleontologist priest, Théa de Chardin, convergence. Uh, I didn't even know what the French one of that is, but we should find out, Kurt. But all that rises must converge is, 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 a, is a teaching of Théa de Chardin, and it's really, we're witnessing it in our days. And someone who has absolutely given everything and continues to give everything and is rowing steadfastly, of course, is the amazing and the incredible brother, John Raymer. John has been a giant of this movement for many years with the Compassion Games and more recently the Sign Network. Um, and again, as a leader of these uh, convergences, each four times online, and the many other things that the Sign Network is doing. John, brother, we're on the verge of another World Unity Week. This one's a bit different because it's not a mountain that we're just getting to the summit, but it's a departure point for this dedicated 99-day period and what we can achieve together in September. I couldn't think of anyone else I'd rather be in the, in the canoe with than you. Um, and so we're looking forward to hearing your reflections today as the Unity and Peace Energy Circle and our moment of choice, choosing peace. Yeah. No, what a gift to be here. Oh, my God, what a team. This Unity and Peace Synergy Circle is a joy. This is us moving up. This is us waking up. This is also us growing up. Converging for me is that coming together to meet. And thank God we found each other, all of us. Not just those of us that are here in this circle, but those that are listening to us, because that's who we really want to reach out to. We know that this is extraordinary time. We are living in a time of unthinkable possibilities. And it's ours. The future remains a mystery. That's why this new medium that we're living in now, this connectivity that we have, could be our greatest asset. We've been finding each other, and we've been collaborating in unprecedented ways. And that's what we're reaching out to you to tell you to do. Come play. There's such opportunity here. There's such examples. Let me just tell you one. Dot mentioned it before. We're a vision of taking Auschwitz and turning it into a city of hope. It's been worked on for seven years. Well, sure enough, when the invasion happened of Ukraine, the dream was to turn that beautiful space there in Auschwitz, a dream of a house of hope, where emerges. And now we are teaming up together to say, yes, this is the kind of thing we want to see happen in the world. And flexing those kind of collective muscles. We've got a summer of peace 
through unity upon us. This is a chance to do something like we've never done before. So let's just make it as simple as we can. Go to worldunityweek.org and say, okay, wait a minute. I hear these guys buzzing about this dream of coming together. Yes, come find out for yourself. Come listen to some amazing offerings, but not just like passive listeners. We're really saying, let's connect. Let's find each other inside all these different convergence rooms on related topics. Let's start to weave our strategies together. This is the game that I see that is upon us. It's ours to do. Not only can we team up to build a house of hope, how about team up to winning the peace in Ukraine and everywhere on earth? There's such volatility. There's such opportunity in that. Confusion breeds opportunity. And this is our opportunity to find each other and connect. So we're committed to do everything we can to make this experience profound and transcendent for you and for all of us together. And I'm just privileged and grateful to be a part of the team. We're here in the magic canoe moving between worlds. So I like to remind myself that's a world no longer. There is no going back. It's never going to be like it was. There aren't any do-overs. So we're somewhere between a world no longer and a world not yet. And that world not yet is our opportunity to make it. We know it's time to grow up. We feel it. We sense it. The world needs that kind of care. So I pledge myself. I know my partners that you've heard from are right here with us, and we're ready to play together. So come join us at worldunityweek.org. Stay for the 99 days for a summer of peace through unity. And then let's have September and the launch of Peace Week be like unlike anything we can even dream of and imagine at this time. Let's give this gift to the world and to our future generations. Hmm. Bravo. Bravo, brother. Yes, 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 yes. And I love that you mentioned the summer of peace through unity, uh, John. It, that's really important. We've, we've, we're honoring and acknowledging Avon Madison um, and also Philip Helmick. And Philip, uh, who's passed this year, was instrumental in the summers of peace that were programs uh, of the Shift Network where he was uh, a, an instrumental driver. Um, of course, summer in the Northern Hemisphere where 90% of humanity lives. Um, but that is beautiful to honor and acknowledge uh, our brother, Philip Helmick, who did so much uh, for this vision and this mission of peace as well. And we're honoring all of those who have gone before us. This is a vast network uh, of dearly departed and, and, and so much of the motivation is for future generations unborn. And as you've heard, we're bringing, connecting in, not just uh, humans past and present and future, but also the living world, the living earth, the nature beings and all of the spirit energies uh, and the, the the infinite ways that we relate to to spirit so there is a huge vast limitless force that is amassing here around this simple 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 idea of peace through unity 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 in its fullness uh, it's 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 potent it's powerful and it is unstoppable when we come together so that invitation goes out to all by the way i looked up Convergence in French is <laughs> a it's a convergence. It's spelled exactly the same way. So isn't that interesting? There's a convergence of language as well in the in the word itself. So dot just with the, a, a couple of minutes we've got each to to close here. This has been such a rich uh, convergence. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> excuse me. But dot tell us a little bit about what's um you know what what's alive for you as we get ready to close we close uh, this episode. This sorry, not this episode, but this segment. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Ben. And and as John, Becky, Irina, as you shared, uh, my heart is singing. Uh, 
You know, we really are making this shift on the planet from chaos to beauty. And the realization of beauty will save the world. And Ben, when you were just talking about spirit, I want to go back to Avon for a moment and her comment that don't miss this moment in time. I mean, many of us are very aware that the planets themselves have aligned, particularly at this high point of the year through uh, Aries, Taurus, Gemini, and with full support for this flow, uh, for freedom, and for unification. I'll, I'll call it unit of consciousness even, but for us to really come together in the full spirit of cooperation on this planet. And as I've said many times in the Unity Earth Room, it's rare to be in a group where everyone grabs a paddle, where everyone is truly rowing in the same direction. And if someone has, a, has any kind of issue or question, everyone wants to support. It is truly remarkable. So please think about participating, at least checking it out. As Becky said, it, it is a beautiful model of self-organizing, shared responsibility, shared leadership. And our time is now to build the world that actually works for everyone. So I'm all in. Thanks, Ben. Mm, beautiful. That's uh, so, so, so powerful. So powerful. That's right. Don't miss don't miss this moment. Uh, and I think that really is the call of this entire series uh, of the evolutionary leaders. Um, so Irina, as we've gone around and heard from the various um, viewpoints and offerings and sharing, it's an exciting time, uh, just days before uh, day one of the 99 days and the opening of World Unity Week, we have a nature ceremony, uh, a partnership ceremony with the nature elders at 1pm on June 18, which is day one. Uh, and then the global opening ceremony at 3 p.m. Eastern time, both times Eastern time on uh, on day one. And we invite everybody to come and share and participate in that uh, very unique and powerful moment as we embark on this grand, grand journey. Irina, what are your reflections today? Well, my reflection is definitely unifying the languages. <laughs> Um, I absolutely love the term that Becky threw out, the we go. Um, and um, I'm sure I'm going to be using that, Becky. I hope you don't mind. Um, I, I think it's in a fun and in a playful way, which is also a um, nature signature, fun, playfulness, um, peace, um, joy. Um, we can actually um, unify the whole web of life in we go. Um, instead of, you know, being above the ecosystem, we um, becoming a, a very um, important and very immersive part of it. Um, and I think that's what World Unity Week this year is going to show. Mm, magnificent. Magnificent. Yes, we go. Becky, we are moments away from, well, moments away in time from World Unity Week and everything that's coming Let's, uh, thank you for being with us today. And what's your final reflection? Oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm so excited. And I'm paddling. We are going together. That's for sure. And uh, I, I'm just so inspired uh, to meet the diversity of people. We have a room during World Unity Week called The Hub. It's a Zoom room that is personed by many people who are on what we call Team Up, our Team Up Unity and Peace team. And we provide 
uh, a space, a Zoom room to answer questions. So if you find yourself at World Unity Week and you're trying to figure out where to go, what you should check out, you can come to that Zoom room. It'll be listed on all of our promotional pieces on our website. And what I love about the hub is it stands for Here You Belong. And so it's a help desk, a support desk when, if you feel lost, I mean, it, it actually has become just a, a really beautiful spiritual community when you come to the hub. And so invite you to come to the hub at some point if you, you know, have any questions or need anything or just want to hang out, <laughs> we'll be there. So I'm just grateful for all the innovative ways we're using technology instead of being used by it. I like to say that we are the algorithms. We we are we're putting the spirit into that through the actions that we're taking using technology. So, I'm grateful. I look forward to seeing as many of us during World Unity Week in the 99 days as we can bring together. Thank you, Ben. Mm, magnificent. Here you belong. I tell you, being in the hub is one of the most fun experiences of all of World Unity Week. The energy, the joy, the laughter, the fun. A little bit chaos that gets ironed out it's a, it's an incredible place and space and it's becky it's really your curation and genius uh, so yeah watch out for the hub in world unity week and brother Raymer, wow what a, what an amazing moment uh we we we're in the canoe uh and we we go we go yeah and, and away we go away we go <laughs> That's right. the reverend revolution is upon us it's not going to be televised it's happening on zoom it really is here we have the connectivity like we've never had before. And I seek the wisdom of nature, which says that nature took over the whole planet, not by combat, but by networking. So that's the opportunity here. Show up. Let us see you. Let us get connected. Let us figure out how we're going to turn what we have into what we need. And one more time, I say, yes, away and away we go. Yes, and the Unity and Peace Synergy Circle is an open synergy circle of the evolutionary leaders. Everyone is welcome. Here you belong, indeed. Anybody who feels connected to the call and the work of Unity and Peace is a beloved member of the Unity and Peace Synergy Circle. We meet monthly. We will be having a meeting during World Unity Week. Uh, look out for those details. It's open to all, uh, and we look forward to welcoming you in and hearing your journey, your story, your genius, your gifts, your vision, and your mission. We are honored to be on uh, this Convergence Radio Show as part of this Evolutionary Leaders Series, our moment of choice, and today, Choosing Peace. And we are honored to be on with the subsequent part two coming up with the unitive uh, healing, a unitive justice uh, and human security synergy circle of the evolutionary leaders, beloved Audrey Kitagawa, our brother Jonathan Granoff, and the amazing Elena Mustakova. So, Kurt, on behalf of all of us, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for having us. We look forward to seeing you all in the field as we row forward together, walk forward together, climb forward together to World Unity Week and all the way through to Peace Week 2022. Thank you. God bless. Well, thank you so much, Ben Bowler, John Raymer, and all of your guests for that first half hour of these themes on peace through unity. And it's also a perfect setup for us to share a short message now from the creators of this series, the Evolutionary Leaders Circle, and the May release in paperback of their multiple award-winning book, Our Moment of Choice, evolutionary visions and hope for the future. So here is that message from the publishers 
Beyond Words, Simon and & Schuster, and then we'll rejoin you for the second half of our program. Hello, this is Richard Cohn, publisher of Beyond Words. We are very honored to be partnering with Simon & Schuster and the Synergy Foundation to bring you a new thought-provoking book for these challenging times. It is called Our Moment of Choice, and it features 43 of the world's most well-known spiritual thinkers, offering practical solutions to the most pressing problems of our time, from economic inequality and social injustice to climate change and spiritual disconnection. Deepak Chopra offers his thoughts on how our inherent wholeness is not a choice, while Greg Braden suggests that we can change our world by first realizing that none of us are separate from each other. Lynn McTaggart investigates the link between altruism and self-healing. Michael Bernard Beckwith, Bruce Lipton, and many others share their thoughts on moving forward in ways that expand our consciousness and benefit the global community. Our moment of choice calls on us all to be the co-creators of a just, unified, peaceful, and thriving world. The time has come for all humanity to be united in purpose. This is our call to action. This is our collective moment of choice upon which our future depends. You can purchase your copy today at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Beyond Words, or your local independent bookstore. Welcome back to The Convergence on Voice America. This is your Voice America host, Dr. Kurt Johnson. So now we can move into the rest of our hour together with global leaders who are a part of the Evolutionary Leaders Unitive Justice and Global Security Synergy Circle, an initiative that has come together in 2022 in response to the very specific challenges to peace and security in our world, which have only recently been unfolding. We're going to be sharing messages from four prominent peace and security leaders, Audrey Kitagawa, JD, Dr. Jonathan Granoff, Dr. Jude Kuravan, and Dr. Elena Mustakova. They and others recently hosted a program on the occasion of the Nautilus Award for Dr. Mustakova's recent book, Global Unitive Healing, Integral Skills for Personal and Collective Transformation which also featured a foreword by Ken Wilber, the founder of Integral Theory, and an afterword by Claudia Wells, the chairperson at the Institute of Noetic Sciences. You can find that program at YouTube under that title, Unitive Justice and Global Security. And also you can find there Ken Wilber and Claudia Wells speaking at YouTube about the book under the title, Ken Wilber and Claudia Wells on Global Unitive Healing. So we'll begin with Audrey Kitagawa, JD. Ms. Kitagawa is the founder of the International Academy for Multicultural Cooperation and also a previous chairperson of the Parliament of the World's Religions. And you can find out much more about Ms. Kitagawa and the Academy 
at multiculturalcooperation.net. That's multiculturalcooperation.net. So over now to Audrey Kitagawa. Hello, everyone. It's such a privilege to share about the source of synergies, Unitive Justice and Global Security Synergy Circle. There is no more important time to share about the need to come together to more deeply examine what Unitive Justice means and what global security means and why they are intertwined interconnected concepts whose time has come in the evolution of human consciousness to understand and embrace them together. We may have heard of reparative justice, restorative justice, punitive justice, but unitive justice? What does unitive justice mean? Very briefly, unitive justice is based on the moral concept of loving kindness which asserts that harming another is never a moral act. It is a values-based system of justice that is free of punitive elements and replaces judgment and punishment with the structures of inclusion, connection, and mutually beneficial action. In short, it is justice as love in action. It provides those in dissension a chance to achieve mutual understanding by returning to their shared humanity, harmony, and balance. Our shared humanity can be succinctly described in this 15th century verse written by the Sufi poet Kabir. He said, in your veins and in mine, there is only one blood, the same life that animates us all. Since one unique Mother Earth begat us all, where did we learn to divide ourselves? It is a return to the remembrance of the source from which we all originated to dance the dances of life on our journey together during our respective births and deaths. During this lifetime, we learn that through the application of our values, which guide our behaviors, there is already within each person that can be healed to transform conflict and lead to mutually beneficial results. Now, what is global security? First, the fundamental meaning of security is the state of being free from danger or threat. We look to the establishment of measures which can be taken to ensure the safety of a nation state and its citizens. But global relates to the whole world. So the use of the word security in the global sense compels us to look to the worldwide measures that need to be taken to keep everyone free from danger and threat, in short, from harm. It starts with the rising of the individual consciousness and our personal conduct and behaviors of mind, speech, and actions in everyday life. It then expands and connects to the community through civil discourse and interaction and through small acts of compassion and loving kindness. Some individuals will be moved to social action, finding their voices of advocacy and activism. 
others when touched by the deep ethics and values that live within the unitive wholeness will simply and profoundly begin to alter their thoughts, their speech, and their actions to align with their true nature. Without judgment, resentment, or expectations, these individuals will help raise the consciousness of the collective to resonate to a place of deeper understanding and love where positive, transformative change can happen. We are well positioned to be able to do this together now because building networks and connecting with others from all around the world collectively represents global civil society. Civil society is now poised in unprecedented ways to become a powerful agent of transformation. Civil society is the connection between the grassroots and the policymakers and can be the conduit for the exchange of thoughts, ideas, and information. They hold the court of public opinion and have been very influential in creating people's movements to bring change. Civil society organizations play multiple roles, according to Arthur George Ingram in a paper for Brookings Institute. He said they're an important source of information for both citizens and government. They monitor government policies and actions and hold governments accountable. They engage in advocacy and offer alternative policies for government, the private sector, and other institutions. They deliver services, especially to the poor and underserved. They defend citizens' rights and work to change and uphold social norms and behaviors. But ultimately, the values and beliefs of civil society organizations arise from their connection to the people to encourage individual self-examination, validation, and connection with inner values that will guide them and help to move through conflict with loving kindness. It is our hope that this mobilization toward loving kindness will influence our institutions of justice to re-examine historic forms of punitive justice and begin to implement unitive justice. All human beings and all religious and spiritual traditions share deep innate values and goals such as peace, harmony, and love. As we practice loving kindness individually and collectively, and as applied in our institutions of justice, we will facilitate the reality of unitive justice and enhance true global security and well-being for people everywhere. In the truest sense of global security, it is that state of well-being, free of fear, that allows us to live together with love and kindness that causes no harm. This is peace. Well, thank you so much, Audrey Kitagawa, for such an inspiring opening message for this section of our program. Now, our next guest is going to be Dr. Jude Curavan. Dr. Curavan is a well-known cosmologist and anthropologist and formerly a senior business leader in the United Kingdom. She is well-known for her book, The Cosmic Hologram, and her forthcoming book, The Story of Gaia. She is the founder of The Whole World View, and you can learn much more about Dr. Curavan at judecuravan.com. 
Humanity as a species is at a crucial threshold. We're now well aware of the existential challenges that threaten our collective future and the realization that our prevailing mindset of materialist separation and our consequential behaviors are the main cause of them. As Albert Einstein once said, we cannot resolve a problem from the same level of awareness and mindset that created it. And so if we're to survive and thrive and for unitive justice and peace to prevail, we urgently need to transform our current mindset of separation and its fragmented perspective and narrative of how we see ourselves and our place in the world into one, to paraphrase Joseph Campbell, that instead is grounded in widespread unitive consciousness, which includes a felt sense of unity with all life, unity with an ineffable source of all being, and unity with the evolutionary flow. Throughout time, human beings have shared worldviews, mindsets, and narratives to try and understand the nature of the world and our place in it. We've sought to embrace and reconcile our inner and outer experiences of life and to imbue them with meaning and purpose. While universal wisdom teachings have continued to maintain that beyond the appearance of our physical world and more fundamental realms of sentience and causation, the materialist separation of our predominant mindset has peripheralized such perceptions and for our communal psyche has resulted in a dis-ease of displacement, inequities, and to what doctors call a healing crisis. Yet, as any doctor knows, trying to deal with the symptoms without actually addressing the root cause of a dis-ease will not and cannot heal it. What though, if our prevailing mindset of separation is wrong? What if we can remember the essentially unified nature of reality as maintained by wisdom traditions? And if we can, what could it mean to us and to how we treat ourselves, each other, and our planetary home? Vitally, Growing evidence from scientific breakthroughs at all scales of existence and across wide-ranging fields of study are converging with time-honoured wisdom traditions to reveal that the appearance of our entire universe does indeed arise from deeper, non-physical realms of causation as meaningful in-formation, pixelated at the most minute scale of existence, and the emergent cosmological understanding of its informed reality is that it manifests holographically, with its innate wholeness expressed in nested and relational complexity of its differentiated and diverse parts. Fundamentally, it is showing that mind and consciousness are not something we have, but rather what we and the whole world really are. Vitally, the exquisitely fine-tuned, relational and ordered nature of its beginning, not in the implied chaos of a Big Bang, 
but rather as the first moment of an ongoing big breath. And the evidence from its 13.8 billion year journey ever since is now describing a universe that meaningfully exists and purposefully evolves as an entirely unified entity, existing to evolve from simplicity to complexity and diversity, ever greater levels of individuated and collective self-expression, self-awareness and conscious interdependence and interbeing. Our planetary home, Gaia's continuing emergence, is also embodied in collaborative relationships and co-evolutionary partnerships, and where now the conscious evolution of humanity may be realized as an integral part of our planet's own evolutionary progress and purpose. This transformational understanding underpins and frames a unitive narrative of inclusion and belonging, of intrinsic meaning and purpose of the whole of existence. Such an evidence-based unitive narrative has been drafted by members of the SDG Thought Leaders Circle of the Evolutionary Leaders to provide an emergent, cosmological, planetary, interspiritual and societal foundation to serve and support the conscious evolution of humanity and to heal our collective mindset from the illusion of separation to a perspective of unity in diversity. Our hitherto collective mindset has driven a world of otherness and where conflict and inequalities are, it seems, inevitable choices and consequences. Instead, an evidence-grounded perception of the unified nature of reality and its unitive narrative invites us to inwardly hear the wisdom of our hearts and respect the complementarity of feminine and masculine attributes and the wholeness of both the inner being and outer doing in our lives, individually and communally as a planetary species. It empowers us to envision and gives us authentic hope to co-create a love-based rather than separation-based future, where rather than conflict and exclusion, peace and unitive justice are natural behaviours, choices and outcomes for a world that works for everyone and including our planetary home, Gaia. The thought leader's unitive narrative also takes inspiration from philosopher Théa de Chardin, who realised as the guns felt silent after the First World War that someday we shall harness the energies of love. And then for a second time in the history of the world, humanity will have discovered fire. That someday is here and now, as we wake up to the radical reality of a unitive narrative and its unity-based science of love, we will also discover as a species, and perhaps for the first time, who we really are and who we can evolve to become. <laughs>
Thank you so much, Dr. Jude Curavan, for further expanding this vision of peace through unity and all that it entails. Now, our next guest presentation is from Dr. Jonathan Granoff. Dr. Granoff is the founder of the Global Security Institute and well-known also as the regular convener of our world's Nobel Peace Prize laureate and one of the world's most well-known activists with regard to nuclear proliferation. You can find out much more about Dr. Granoff at gsinstitute.org. That's gsinstitute.org. Now, this commentary is captured from an earlier Zoom conference on this subject that involved all of our guests. And from it, we've captured this audio commentary from Dr. Granoff, which, as you'll notice, also involves a little bit of back and forth between him and me as I was hosting that particular event. So over now to that commentary from Dr. Jonathan Granoff. The Anthropocene begins several hundred years ago when the human community's relationship to the natural world became dominated by a worldview of domination and duality. Those of us in this community understand that, in fact, we are completely part of the fabric of the natural world, and we're part of the fabric of the source of the natural world, which is infinite, beautiful, formless, perfect, as Jesus described it, love, and as Muhammad described it as compassion, and the Buddha similarly. So the worldview that we start with is one that's holistic. The worldview that the major institutions that we're addressing begins with is atomized. And that atomized mechanical worldview uh, was uh, entirely dysfunctional in the 17th century, leading to the, uh, the religious wars in Europe, which were resolved by the political institution of the state which was created, the modern state was created in 1648 at Westphalia. The primary pillars of that institution of the state and how security is defined is, um, is sovereignty and, and borders and the expression of which, the protection of which is done primarily uh, by military nationalism. That paradigm reached, uh, reached horrific proportions uh, in, the, uh, in the catastrophes of the scourge of war in the 20th century, out of which emerged a compromise, a compromise solution, a paradigm of unity and, uh, and recognition of the core pillars of sovereignty and military nationalism in the United Nations system. But the United Nations system um, is both for the peoples of the world, but the ultimate power which is where the monopoly of the use of force resides, is with the five permanent members of the Security Council, France, the United Kingdom, China, Russia, and the United States. And those, any one of those countries uh, are, are capable of jamming the system. And that's precisely where we are at the moment. The institution set up to address the catastrophe of war is now... Uh, unable to functionally address it. So we're in a time of enormous chaos, and we're in a time, I would say, parallel to the 17th century uh, 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 in which ideas, ideas and worldviews are truly transformative and matter. So the question is, what is the transformative unifying principle that can be the North Star coming out of this chaos? What 
what have we learned today that we didn't we didn't know in the 17th century in terms of keeping peace amongst people. But one of the things we've learned is the paradox that modern science and technology is such that the more the weapons that we have are perfected, the less security we obtain. That's, the, that, that, that's most aptly expressed with nuclear weapons, but there are many other weapons in, in a similar category. The second thing we've learned is that there's a set of existential threats that, unlike any other time in history, impact every single person on the planet and can only be with, with a, co a, co a cooperative, a cooperative, legally founded system based on science, our relationship to the natural world, and the universality of the intrinsic dignity of the individual and the sacredness of the person embodied in the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. So uh, that change that we know has to take place is taking place. It's just how fast is it going to take place is the question. And how is it described by the nations of the world? And how can we, how can we, uh, in a sense, be a catalyst, a stimulus for the transformation to a more holistic, responsible global community. Well, I'm pleased to share that the United Nations uh, Human Security Trust, and people hardly even know about this, this is why they've come to some of us in civil society, uh, has identified several General Assembly resolutions calling for the utilization of the concept of human security rather than the main paradigm of the security of the state being the main focus. And human security uh, relates to the way people actually live. And of course, there is no human security without security in the fabric of the web of life. We depend on the ants, we depend on the bees, and so forth. And human security addresses the threats that transcend borders. Then in a sense, oddly enough, force us to come together. Pandemics, the climate, the health of the oceans, which provide 50 to 70% of our oxygen, rainforests, and even some of the institutions that we've created, the global financial system, which is needed to address poverty that all of these, these threats are all, uh, are all better understood from a perspective of the unity of the human family, rather than in the atomized perspective of the nation state or the religions or the tribes or the peoples or the language groupings or the cultural groupings. So within that, there's different paradigms of how that's expressed. The Chinese, for example, which is a large part of the world's population, place an enormous emphasis on efficiency, with very little emphasis on the sacredness and importance of the individual, and thus human rights are diminished. The, the Western countries uh, that most of us are part of uh, place an enormous uh, intellectual value on the importance of individual freedom and liberty and individual expression. And yet our institutions are in debate about that. So we're in a time of enormous chaos. So I'm pleased to share that 
the United Nations uh, reached out to civil society and particularly the World Academy of Arts and Science and the Global Security Institute, where I, where I, where I serve in both of these institutions, to mainstream human security. Simultaneously and independently of the portion of the UN that reached out to us, UNDP, the United Nations Program for Development, put, put out a terrific document called um, Threats to Human Security in the Anthropocene, a Call for Greater Solidarity. And they analyzed the situation pretty much the same way that I have without the deeper philosophical underpinnings. So the World Academy of Arts and Science and the UN are completing a contract, the purpose of which is to mainstream human security. And it's my belief that this is a perfect galvanizing principle around which all of us can gather because it is the, lar it is, it is the long term North Star that is lacking, that is inarguably better than the current fundamental focus on military nationalism as the pursuit of security. It does not degrade the importance of the nation state any more than a nation state degrades the importance of a city. We are citizens of, of, of cities, we're citizens of counties, we're citizens of states, we're citizens of the United States or, the, or Mexico or, or France or Russia. There's different districts, but today, Today, we need a, uh, uh, an approach to the security of the planet and the person that has a global foundation. And that, uh, now, the only debate that I've been, I've, I've been engaged in several events around this theme, one with the Oxford Union's Debating Society with Jane Goodall and myself that I would commend anyone to watch, to hear it sort of fleshed out. And there was a session that I did with Governor Jerry Brown on it. Uh, and, 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 and Governor Brown said that we should call it planetary realism. Well, you know, there's some degree of, uh, I, I resonate with that, but the train has left the station because the nations of the world have already agreed on the use of the term human security. So we must first respond with our, the values that bring us together at, in, in the community that we're part of grounded in the, in the acceptance of the infinite mystery and wonder and grace that gives us life itself. But we also have to have a practical way forward. And uh, the North Star out of the dilemma, I believe, is promoting human security. Of course, we have to stand up to the challenge to the current uh, inadequate fabric, doesn't have to be totally torn apart, but the challenge to the international norms of the rule of law, the challenge of the violations of international humanitarian law, the criminal acts of, uh, of uh, a war of aggression, etc. But there's plenty of people doing that. What does our community have to offer? We, are, we, 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 we can help clarify the integrating principles that can provide the North Star route out of the dilemma for the future. Because we actually believe in the power of the spirit and the power of ideas. Now, when Thomas Jefferson said all men are created equal, 
at the time that did not include women. It did not include any people of color, indigenous people, or even white males without property. But it has become a guiding principle of the legitimacy of all states since then. Even tyrants pay the hypocritic value to it. It is the power of thought. Governance ought to represent the people being governed. That's an ex become an accepted principle. But when it was stated, it was an ought very far from being realized. It itself is being challenged. But human security is premised on the equality of all people. And it is the articulation of that ought for today. And thus, I think this could be a really important galvanizing way of expressing how we interpret the transformation of consciousness, heart and values into practical application in a world still governed largely by nation states. And it is the nation states right now and the ideology of separation of peoples that is the problem. It's the problem within ourselves. And, and the great Sufi master Baba Mahayadeen said, separate from yourself that which separates you from others. It's on so many levels, of course. There's so, many, there's so much in that. It's not just our national or racial or gender identities that separate us from the unity of the light of the soul, but it is anger, also jealousy, pride. These are the things that separate us from ourselves and one another. But first and foremost is the perversion, the perversion of national identity used in the service of violence. And that's what we're facing today. And there's no time to lose for us to be the examples of the peace that we know can be seen that comes in the eyes of every baby that's born and that we know resonates in the heart of every human being. Yeah, so Jonathan, thank you. And before I go on pause here, I just want to say that the reason that we're gathered here and the reason that many of you will be hearing this audio is that we're really assessing as an evolutionary leaders community and across the 15 or more synergy circles of the evolutionary leaders, all of whom have been deep into their planning for their uh, 2022 agenda, how we can actually uh, vigorously insert this new issue that's arisen from the Russia-Ukraine war in the wider context that Jonathan just talked about. So our tasking is going to be across all of our circles and activities to see how we can bring this issue across as many voices as possible through our community where we know we have tremendous amount of, of media assets. So I'm gonna go on pause now and uh, that way this group can revert to its discussion. Kurt, Kurt, one other thing, this community has something that's unique, which is lots of people that are creative and creativity is unpredictable. And the model we're facing is one of domination, which is all about predictability. So I'm reaching out as, because uh, I'm working with the UN on this subject, reaching out to our community to mainstream, to help mainstream human security and to bring the creative juices, spirit, wonder, mystery of creativity to the expression to the world. That, um, that uh, imagine if, 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 if children were educated 
in the truths that we are one human family, that the environment is one, and that our political institutions have to be grounded in that reality. The necessity of the creative community to find ways of stimulating and galvanizing and, and uh, catalyzing that spirit of unity, I think is the task at so many levels that, 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 that is before us. That's the healing that will take place. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Jonathan Granoff, for those important comments. So we're going to conclude now with a message from the author of Global Unit of Healing, Dr. Elena Mustakova, who also comments on what you've just heard from Dr. Jonathan Granoff. Dr. Mustakova has brought to her award-winning book a rich background as a spiritual philosopher, evolutionary psychologist, social scientist, and member of the Evolutionary Leaders United Nations Sustainable Development Goals Thought Leaders Circle. She is an expert on the systemic links between individual health, culture, moral development, language, and collective social health. Her scholarship on evolution and moral consciousness and her social justice work with communities has received wide attention. Among her many publications, she's senior editor of a comprehensive volume on toward a socially responsible psychology for a global era. And her integral psychological practice redefines healing in the global context for the 21st century. You can find out much more about Dr. Mustakova and her book at elenamustakova.net. That's M-U-S-T-A-K-O-V-A. ElenaMustakova.net. So let's hear now from Dr. Elena Mustakova. Consciousness evolves towards an increasingly comprehensive understanding of justice and oneness. This evolution is a dialectic between individual and collective, not simply the sum total of individual evolution. Therefore, As we work toward the evolution of consciousness, it is essential to engage the socio-historical structures that scaffold it. As a great number of people develop a more comprehensive perspective, they lead the way to the creation of new forms of social organization that uphold a more comprehensive understanding of justice. In this way, as socio-historical contexts evolve, They become the containers that scaffold the evolution of collective understanding. With this dialectic in mind, let us look at where we are collectively now. We find ourselves in a massive worldwide awakening to our spiritual reality of interdependence and a growing push towards peaceful governance that reflects and protects that. The call that people of conscience are raising is not just the eternal human longing for peace. It is a very concrete call for governance that protects human security, honors the sanctity of life and stewards the planet. This is in effect a push to the next level of human social organization that can scaffold the path to universal peace. This is our biggest challenge right now to lead the way and to mobilize all available resources to create the next level of evolutionary global governance. What does that mean? Historically, until now, the power of force has been used to dominate over others. 
Even as humanity has evolved its understanding of human rights and has advanced greatly in the creation of more just and comprehensive laws, power is still understood as the power to dominate. The history of the gradual creation of the United Nations, conceived as a broad-based and effective system of international security since 1942, itself illustrates how the original bold vision to create an international entity based on federalist principles became hijacked to the interests of sovereign powers. The more ambitious vision of a global order based on international cooperation was reduced at the October 1943 conference in Moscow to what was viewed as a politically feasible and largely harmless organization through the creation of the Security Council veto. Nonetheless, an effort was made to embed within the UN Charter clauses that would allow, at least in theory, for the future strengthening of mechanisms of international cooperation as circumstances evolved further toward a global vision of world order. 80 years later, as Putin's war in Ukraine and the response of the West have escalated into a confrontation of global powers, it is abundantly clear that the current historical moment calls on us to raise again the vision of a global federalist order and to educate people that it is the only path to justice and security for all. The shift now needed is to radically redefine the use of power. In other words, to create a vehicle to use the power of force only for the right reason, to protect against the rise of dictators who threaten unitive justice and global security. Such a global entity with the power to protect humanity and the planet would represent the next stage in the progressive evolution of collective consciousness and would scaffold the developing understanding of what it means to live in peace, something humanity has no experience with and will have to grow into gradually. In the face of Putin, we have a clear example of what happens when there is no viable international mechanism to stop the rise of bloodthirsty dictators before their grip on power has solidified. Most in his close circle recognize the madness of his war in Ukraine, as more and more reports reveal, but they are powerless to stop him now. And as some of them have declared, they are forced to keep going in silence all the way to The Hague. Collective global security requires the world to be prepared for such circumstances because human nature is capable of extreme evil, and it may be centuries of collective life in global peace before we fully transcend the likelihood of the rise of ruthless dictators. Unitive justice cannot be treated at this time solely as an intellectual ideal. It must be upheld in concrete, practical, and urgent ways. The world must have an entity, a reformed United Nations, capable of protecting ordinary people from being at the mercy of warlords, as millions of Russians are now. Only when the creation and full empowerment of such an entity has been accomplished, will people have the socio-historical conditions necessary for the further evolution of consciousness. That was the evolutionary spiritual vision 
clearly articulated by Baha'u'llah in the mid-19th century, the transformation of consciousness toward realizing the unity of the human family. To conclude, in asking for the creation of this synergy circle, my vision from the very beginning has been that we unite our individual experience and networks of resources into an in-depth consultation on how we can most effectively support the socio-historical evolutionary process toward unitive justice and global security through broad educational efforts. Humanity is still steeped in a 17th century frame of reference that emphasizes national sovereignty, borders, and nationalist militarism. There is a lot to be done to articulate for people what unitive justice may look like amidst our existential climate and political crises, why it requires a federalist international structure, and how this structure can gradually and effectively subsume the task of the protection of peace and planetary life through a global military force, freeing humanity from military competition in the creation of ever more sophisticated weapons of destruction. To answer the question eloquently articulated by Jonathan Granoff, what is the transformative unifying principle that can be the North Star coming out of the current chaos? As his work clearly articulates, we must educate people toward an understanding of human security rather than national security as the condition for unitive justice. We must also articulate the integrative spiritual principles that underlie unitive justice and human security, and that must become embedded in education on every level. It is no doubt a very complex leap forward that is required of humanity. And it is our challenge to keep articulating a feasible and practical path forward and to become catalysts of this leap. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Mustakova, for those final comments, especially on the real challenges arising just in the last months to this hope for global peace. And to further mention that all of these speakers are also a part of another impactful synergy circle of the evolutionary leaders, the SDG Thought Leaders Circle, which has its own dynamic websites and activities, which you can find at sdgthoughtleaderscircle.org. That's sdgthoughtleaderscircle.org. And they will be joining us here on Voice America for further programming this year. Now, all of these global challenges are interconnected, and we look forward to the various synergy circles of the evolutionary leaders bringing us these deeper understandings of our global challenges and the ways that they can really be addressed by us as real people in real time. So thanks again to the Evolutionary Leaders Circle for their expertise and participations in this series on the Voice America Convergence Humanities Moment of Choice. So before we close, we want to go over once again to a brief message about the Evolutionary Leaders multiple award-winning book, Our Moment of Choice, Evolutionary Visions and Hope for the Future, just released in paperback. So here is that message from Beyond Words, Simon and Schuster. Hello, this is Richard Cohn, publisher of Beyond Words. 
we are very honored to be partnering with Simon & Schuster and the Synergy Foundation to bring you a new thought-provoking book for these challenging times. It is called Our Moment of Choice, and it features 43 of the world's most well-known spiritual thinkers, offering practical solutions to the most pressing problems of our time, from economic inequality and social injustice to climate change and spiritual disconnection. Deepak Chopra offers his thoughts on how our inherent wholeness is not a choice, while Greg Braden suggests that we can change our world by first realizing that none of us are separate from each other. Lynn McTaggart investigates the link between altruism and self-healing. Michael Bernard Beckwith, Bruce Lipton, and many others share their thoughts on moving forward in ways that expand our consciousness and benefit the global community. Our moment of choice calls on us all to be the co-creators of a just, unified, peaceful, and thriving world. The time has come for all humanity to be united in purpose. This is our call to action. This is our collective moment of choice upon which our future depends. You can purchase your copy today at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Beyond Words, or your local independent bookstore. Welcome back to the Convergence on Voice America. We've just enjoyed an hour together on this topic of choosing peace with leading voices for peace from around the world. So a big thank you to all of our guests, Audrey Kitagawa, Jonathan Granoff, Jude Kuravan, and Elena Mustakova. And before them, John Raymer, Ben Bowler, Dot Maver, Irina Morrison, and Becky Suzik. What an informative, inspiring, and yes, even challenging two half hours of programming on this theme of humanity's moment of choice, choosing peace. So I'm rejoined again now by the Reverend Deborah Moldau, director of the Evolutionary Leaders for some concluding remarks. So Deborah, given all that you've heard, and it's been quite a landscape from the general importance of peace, love and well-being to specific challenges that we are facing now worldwide at so many levels. And as we know, the reality of what peace is and how we achieve it is both a personal and collective challenge and a necessity to address with vision and skill. So given the breadth of this landscape, Ray, choosing peace, what would you like to say to wrap up? Well, the inspiring speakers on this extraordinarily rich program have all given me hope that humanity can truly achieve our dream of peace on earth and justice for all. Yes, the challenges we face are great, especially in a time of multiple systems breakdown. But perhaps this is just what is needed for the transformational level of change to which all of our speakers have pointed. Clearly the changes needed are from the inside out, where we can all find the seeds of peace in our own hearts, writing a new story for the human race at peace with one another 
and in harmony with our beautiful planet. Choosing peace is truly the most important choice we can make in this humanity's moment of choice. May peace prevail on earth. Well, thank you so much for joining us again, Reverend Deborah Moldau, to co-host these programs for the Evolutionary Leaders Circle and to close us out with that famous invocation from the World Peace Prayer Society, May Peace Prevail on Earth. As we and all of our guests have said, the 2022 season for special peace programming all around the world will be running now from June through the 99 days until the International Day of Peace on September 21st. So September will especially feature another burst of international programming that we will be joining, highlighted by the 11 days of global unity across the United Nations community with we.net and leading to the International Day of Peace and then concluding with the One Planet Peace Forum on September 24th. So let's join for a moment now with the other Voice America co-host and co-editor of our moment of choice, Dr. Robert Atkinson, for a short update on the One Planet Peace Forum for 2022. And he'll also be giving us some concluding remarks on this broadcast, Choosing Peace. Thanks, Kurt. Happy to be here to share about the 2022 One Planet Peace Forum. Before I get to this year's program, I'd like to say a bit about its vision and what we think of as an evolutionary path to peace. One Planet Peace Forum begins with a holistic vision to peace building. We understand peace as both an inner and outer process built upon an age-old promise of the world's sacred traditions. Peace building is a process encompassing all the civil rights, human rights, social and climate justice struggles, and more all of which are necessary stepping stones to peace. Each of these movements are part of a long evolutionary process, taking us to wider and wider circles of unity. One Planet Peace Forum is inspired by the vision of Sarah Farmer, who invited Swami Vivekananda and other spiritual teachers from the East and the West to her Greenacre Conferences in Elliott, Maine in 1894, and who raised the first known peace flag at that time. Following in her vision, we offer a universal platform to people of all spiritual and secular expressions to co-create solutions to the most challenging issues facing humanity today. Across many centuries, we are coming to understand that peace on earth will happen when the human family lives as one in unity, when we fulfill our innate potential by independently discovering truth for ourselves, not following blindly when justice is unitive, not punitive, when we have equality between women and men, when we have balance between wealth and poverty, when we have harmony between science and spirituality, when we have freedom from all forms of prejudice, and when nature is protected as a divine trust. These unifying principles, now understood as prerequisites to peace, will enable the goal of unity and diversity to be achieved on the global scale. That's why it's so important to live by principles that unify. When we live by principles that divide, we are not only living by a consciousness of duality, but we are also allowing generalizations, 
stereotypes, biases to grow into prejudice, discrimination, oppression, racism, and eventually genocide and war. However, living by principles that unite is living by a consciousness of wholeness. This encourages values that lead to respect, appreciation, equality, and cooperation, laying the foundation for what eventually becomes a pervasive harmony and unity in diversity, resulting in peace. This describes a process by which peace and war are at opposite ends of the same consciousness continuum, along which all things are interconnected within one whole. Peace is the outcome of love and unity in action. Having achieved unity on the national level, world unity is the next stepping stone leading to the vision of peace on earth. Our challenge is to take the action most needed by each of us, to work across boundaries, across differences. This is exactly what One Planet Peace Forum is designed to do. This year's third annual One Planet Peace Forum will be held Saturday, September 24th online from 2 p.m. to 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. As the closing event of Peace Week 2022, it will feature Dr. Shamini Jain, Rabbi Rami Shapiro, Dr. Anita Sanchez, and Dr. Huda Mahmoudi presenting on the theme, Visions of a Peaceful Future. We encourage you to go to www.oneplanetpeaceforum.org to register. So thanks, Kurt, and we look forward to a wonderful turnout for this year's Peace Forum. Thanks so much, Dr. Robert Atkinson, for those concluding remarks. The Convergence on Voice America looks forward to featuring all of the September global events for peace, just as we are joining you now for the global peace events of the month of June. And we'll also be joining you later in June and into July for the special programming on peace from the International Day of Yoga. Each year we join with the community of the Committee of the International Day of Yoga at the United Nations for their programming and creating the annual special issue of our companion e-magazine, Light on Light, on yoga around the world and yoga's contributions to peace and social health and well-being all around the globe. For information on those programs coming soon, information will be at the show page here at Voice America. Just Google the Convergence at Voice America and also follow our free email magazines at issuu.com slash light on light. That's issuu.com slash light on light. We also want to take the occasion to remind you of the upcoming Trauma Recovery Summit, October 6th through 9th, which several of the guests on this and our next program are also participating in. You can follow that at traumarecoverysummit.com and by contacting our Voice America co-host here, Karuna, who you can find at lightonkundalini.com. So that's traumarecoverysummit.com and lightonkundalini.com. So until we join you again, let's leave you with two final comments on these challenges of peace. The first is a watchword on peace from an ancient Lao Tzu. When things change inside you, things change around you. 
So choose peace. And the second one we're sure you'll recognize. Imagine all the people living life in peace. You may say that I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will be as one. John Lennon. 